0: An Empire Boxing and Unlearning Network production. Welcome back to the Empire Boxing Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Jay, and we are here with none other than the man, the myth, the boxing legend, Mr. Julian Shua, straight from Los Angeles, California. What's up, Julian?
1: Not much, not much. Happy to be here.
0: I uh, I have to say this because it's just going to embarrass him, and this is this is the way I roll. Uh, my business partner is sitting right here, and he's a little starstruck today that you're oh, you're man. on the podcast. Yeah. He's shaking his head right now. I got, I got him. Uh, anyways, we're all, we're all super stoked that you're on the podcast. I mean, you, you have definitely, you have definitely next leveled, uh, the boxing coaching world. Uh, and we're going to talk lots about that today, but we like, we see you over here. We see what you're doing. And, uh, personally for me, it's been cool just thinking about the day I met you and where I met you to like where you are now. I'm watching y'all on TV. Like it's crazy.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, like you said, I'm, I'm honored and I'm humbled to be here, and I um, can't wait to be part of this show. So, thanks for having me.
0: Wicked. Well, we're, yeah, again, we are, we're stoked to have you here. So, let's, um, let's kind of talk about you a little bit more personally, just to kind of start with. Give me like your boxing origin story. Like, how did you get into it? What age were you, um, and how that sort of evolved?
1: So, I always liked boxing. Um, I, my, my father watched it and. Uh, that's probably the only time we ever spent together was watching, watching boxing. Right. And, uh, and I wanted to do it ever since I was a kid. And I started at 12 and my mom, I, I, my mom told me I would be allowed to go to the gym, but I wouldn't be able to spar or anything like that. I could just learn mm-hmm. how to throw punches and, and stuff like that. She's a doctor. So she was like right. concerned about head injuries and trauma and this and that. So for sure. So I decided, I was like, yeah, 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 that's fine. I'll just, I'll just, uh, I'll just, you know, train. So I was training stuff and I started feeling like, you know, like I wanted to do more. And then I lied to my coach at the time because she told him specifically that I wouldn't, to not let me spar. And <laughs> so I, I wanted to do it, you know, you know, and so we, I started going and um, I was like, pretty good like naturally i guess like i was boxing other kids that had been sparring and i was like i did well you know and so i i, I was a dumb kid and when you're a dumb kid and you're like kind of beating guys up you like your first two guys you beat up you think you could take tyson you know you're yeah. just the world so my coach at the time brought a kid i still remember his name his name was uh, uh gabe castro shout out
0: and- gabe castro
1: Shout out Gabe Castro. He's actually my <laughs> but we, um, he brought this kid in that was like, who had like a bunch of fights already. And, and I sparred him and this kid, kicked like kicked his shit out of me. And I went home with, with, marked up a little bit and my mom knew it was up and she was like, you're not going back there. You know, she was upset and she's like, you're not, you're never going to go back there. So then, um, fast forward five years, I walk into a restaurant called Culver's in in Indiana, and my old coach I hadn't seen in five years was sitting down there, and he was like, "Julie," and I was with all my friends, and I turned on like, "Oh shit!" I'm like, "Robbie, what's up?" You know, so we start, you know, we catch up briefly, and. Then uh, he was like, So you still ever think about boxing? Like, you still ever want to do it? And he's like, I'm like, I mean, yeah, but I mean, I haven't thought about it in a while, but now he's sitting here talking to you. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to do it. And he asked me how old I was. I was like, I'm 17. And he goes, Well, he's like, When do you turn 18? And I was like, April. And he goes, Well, the Golden Gloves are in March. And it was like February already, like beginning mm-hmm. of February. Golden Gloves, Indiana Golden Gloves are in March. He's like, if You, you want to? You know, you want to try and fight them? And at first I was like, no, you know, like, what?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Boxing the golden gloves. I don't I mean like, dude, I haven't like even like thrown a punch in, since I was 12, you know?
0: Right.
1: And so he was like in front of my friends. He was kind of like, well, if you're scared, like, then oh, don't worry shit do worry about it, type of thing, you know.
0: Yeah,
1: so I'll clean up the language, but yeah, it was kind of like that. And
0: don't, don't, was, we're yeah. loose. We're loose.
1: Uh, oh, he was just like, you're gonna be we're a loose pussy. Here.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Whatever. So, I was like, I'm not a fucking pussy, you know. So it was like, uh, <laughs> he basically like goaded me into doing it, and I'm so happy he did it because it changed my life. I ended up winning the gloves, uh, sub novice division. And then kept winning, kept winning, and that brought me out to LA to possibly compete in the Olympics in 2012 and to train with Freddie. I got an opportunity that people believed in me because off of a video they saw of me fighting. They saw I I was like, I had like the guts and stuff like that and like good natural movement, but I was very green. Like they could tell I had no experience and there's no way I was going to get to grow in boxing in Indiana when it's not like a boxing place. So they were like, we'll fly, out. we'll fly you out to LA. We'll take care of you for a while and see if it's a fit with Freddie Roach and he can help you get ready for the Olympics at the Wild Card Boxing Club. So February 2012, or February 2010, February 26th, 2010. I barely remember my birthday, but I remember this date.
0: <laughs> I, flew
1: out, I flew out to LA. I had a trial with Freddie. I sparred. I hit mitts with him and he watched me and he was like, yeah, I'll help him, you know, I'll help him, you know, I'll train him. And it was like, I couldn't believe it, you know, like, I was like, I couldn't believe it, man. I get like kind of adrenaline, like emotion, thinking about like remembering that moment, you know? And, uh, and, um, and anyway, uh, so I went back home to finish high school and, um, it came out it came out like wildfire in my hometown. It came out on the news, Like nothing comes out nothing yeah. really special comes out of my hometown. So Yeah. Freddie Roach, Manny Pacquiao's trainer, you know, decides to take on a Filipino American Julian Chua from Lafayette, Indy. It was cool, you know, it was really cool. But you know when when uh, good things happen you get people who love it and you get people who hate it and I had a couple people mm-hmm. who didn't like it and they had something to say and so i had something to do you know and we ended up getting i ended up getting into a little like street scuffle right before i left for la and i that was the first time i fractured my wrist and from then on out i just kept fracturing it fracturing it fracturing it and then fracturing my other hand and then it just mm. ended up, that's what got me out of competing in boxing that and some other things you know and we i mean if we have the time i can go into that too but that was a big component to me not wanting to do boxing as a career because i my hands kept breaking you know right so it was like and then i found what i was supposed to do in coaching and i love it you know mm.
0: so did you uh, was it um uh, did you get surgery or anything like that to like when you're holding no, pads uh, does those, do those injuries affect you at all
1: no they were like their are hairline fractures in my scaphoid in my left wrist right. my my scalp. i had, had scaphoid fractures then I had a distal radial fracture in my right hand. That one was like a full, full fracture, full break, but I didn't need surgery, but it was a full break in my yeah. right hand. So I kept fracturing my left wrist and then my good hand, I fractured my right mm. hand. And ah. after, I fractured right, after I fractured the right one, that was when it was like, all right. You're like,
0: like,
1: this is it. This, I'm done, you know?
0: Yeah. So walk us through the feeling. Cause like for those who haven't, I, I've had the privilege of stepping in a wild card and that's just an, in itself an experience. Yeah. Um, we don't have anything like that here. Like you go in and it just the way it smells, the way it feels, the energy, the people in there. Uh, yeah. Walk us through that day going in there for the first time, knowing what you had to do. You know, Freddie Roach is basically assessing you. Mm-hmm. Walk so us I've, through the feeling of that.
1: It's actually different now, even than back then. When I when I mm. went when I went to the wild card for the first time, Manny Pacquiao was a boxing god he was literally like the king of boxing. So, um, and uh, back then there was no downstairs. Right. The, yeah. The downstairs was actually a laundromat and upstairs there was like, there was two rings and like you literally get there at nine in the morning on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday for sparring. And sometimes you, you wait until two o'clock 2 PM because there was, like just boxing, 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 boxing. And, and, you have literally people from all around the world, like, cause it's back mm-hmm. out and you literally need to pay $50 a month or $5 a day to go in there. So like mm-hmm. people like from all of these Olympic teams from different countries would be there. And like, and you have to spar, Like, you know, you're sparring everyone. You're getting so much experience sparring, like world champions, Olympians, this and that. And it, it's just constant, you know, and, and everyone, two weight classes below and two weight classes above are looking at you like a possibility, like a possibility, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and the, the thing, the, 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 hardest pressure about it was that like Freddie Roach openly was saying that he was looking for the next Pacquiao. He's looking, he's always looking for the next guy who walks in, through, who, he says, you never know who's going to stumble into the doors because that's how many got there. Many got mm-hmm. in there randomly stumbling through the doors, you know? So, because he put that out there, everyone's trying to impress him. And there's only one thing you can do to impress him and that's knock people out in the gym, you know? Yeah. Uh, like, and yeah. I'm a guy in the gym, so like every, you're, every, back then, if you go to Wildcard and you're like, I'm looking for sparring, like, and you don't really know the vibe, it's like, no, well, you're not gonna get that here. Like, you're gonna fight somebody. Like, mm. if, uh, back then, as anyone in those times, it's, you're fighting every Monday yeah. you're fighting somebody so it was a lot of pressure but I, I I like loved it sometimes some days I woke up in the morning this is also one of the things that I was like I'm not sure if I want to be a fighter all the way because you got to wake up sometimes you went to war with some guy on Monday and he's like hey that was great work Wednesday and you're kind of like man I wish this would be you know and you it's yeah like you wake up you think about it all Tuesday like both of you beat the crap out of each other then Wednesday yeah. you wake up in the morning you're like sometimes you're like man I don't feel like Dealing with this guy today you know yeah yeah you know it's and, but t- you
0: can't back down I mean everyone's there like trying to trying to level up and be the best and be seen right
1: yeah and if it's good work everyone is all they, they there's a there was a classic like one more everybody be like one more you know and it's right. like well you can't no one's gonna say no and like you right. know it's and it sucks because you're like you, em- you emptied out like you emptied out that last 30 seconds you emptied out swinging and then some yeah. asshole in the back is like one more, and then everybody else is like one more. Everybody chimes in. It's like, dang, you know? Yeah. yeah. But, but what
0: an what an incredible experience! And and yeah. so did that. Did that sort of begin your coaching origin as well? Like all that experience, different looks from fighters all over the world. Like your boxing IQ must have just evolved so quickly over such a short period of time.
1: It, I don't know. I, it wasn't so much about this my own personal sparring, except that was a massive part of my growth because, like, I never had any fights that was anything here at the gym work, work, work at Wildcard, no, not even close. But, hmm. um, but being able to, I like Sean Porter said it on his podcast. He's like, I remember Julian. Actually, I sparred Sean uh, a bunch, but when I was younger. But he said he would be the first one in the gym, and he'd just stick around. Like he didn't want to go home. He just – because I had nothing to do. I had no friends out here. I, ju- I had moved out here from Indiana. I had a broken wrist for most of the time. you know. So I just sat in the gym all day, watched people hit mitts, watched fighters like Jorge Linares, Adrian Broner, Danny Jacobs, all these people, all- Sean Porter, all these people, the Benavidez brothers – all of them would be calligraphy just Watch and watch and watch and watch and watch mm. and watch. And I was just so observant about everything and everyone and different styles. And I think that education was huge for me. And then, mm. and from there, like, um, basically my after I fractured my hand for the last time and I was ready to go home back home to Indiana. I actually was going to go back to college. And I, wa- I wanted to go to school actually for physical therapy for either athletes or ch- or kids. Mm. Uh, but uh, from my own experiences, I wanted to help anyone who was like me kind of type thing, you know. But yeah. instead, Fred- Freddie was like, um, the first thing he said was like, well, it's not for everybody. I was like, dang, mm. you know. Yeah. breaking my hands. And, and uh, I remember Marie, Marie told me and both of them said hey um we're opening up a we opened a sister school pretty much um down in santa monica called wildcard west
0: so talk to us about wildcard west you got the invite to head out there train coach and what what happened next
1: so what happened next i uh i started training like a lot of celebrities like i trained like I don't know if I'm even allowed to say it, but like a tra- got to train like Rihanna, mm-hmm. Brad- Bradley Cooper, uh, Mandy Moore, Minka Kelly, the whole cast of Ray Donovan, like a whole bunch of people, and it was cool and everything, but I didn't feel like it was like fulfilling my purpose. I was kind of right. just like this is all right, you know, meeting cool people, making good money, but I like, I just felt really empty, like, you know, because. I was teaching them like like passionate out of passion. I was like slipping, countering, and like position and stuff that I was I I learned from watching, you know, being at Freddy's and everything like that. Like trying to teach these people these mm-hmm. none of it's like appreciated or they're never they're,
0: yeah they're not on that level. They want to, They want to sweat and like burn some calories, and it's not the same value equation.
1: Yeah, exactly. So then and then like my first fighter came along, and that was a, a guy named Mike Lee. Um and he was one of my first. Uh and I had another guy. Then the next guy came and everybody just started like winning, winning and winning and winning, winning. And it just brought, brought like so much. I felt like full. Like I remember I remember when I was still when I was doing the celebrity thing. I was I I fought again while I was mm-hmm. still there. While I was over there, I fought in the the national pals. I won them at fifty-two. And um and but then like I don't know I just like it didn't feel the same I don't know Mm -hmm. like when I started coaching fighters it was it was different it was just different I don't know like and after like winning the fight like working you know just I I felt this is what I was supposed to do you know and
0: it just clicked for you
1: yeah and then from then on it's just been fighters 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 and now it's just just different yeah
0: yeah Um, amazing um now so that that's really cool and then so how did you like because i know right now on your roster you've got you know scrappy you've got zerto ramirez you've got um van hearden you've got no, no, arnold I, don't
1: train, I don't train van hearden anymore we've not
0: been, Ben hearden anymore yeah you guys?
1: We, we've been split okay. since for a while yeah but okay. we, i never lost with him we were, uh, we were yeah
0: and arnold gonzalez i mm-hmm. mean you know, he you know and then you you're you're also building some momentum in ufc like you had vittori was was vittori your first ufc, UFC fighter, fighter. Yes, yes and now you've got you've got one or two more
1: uh i have i work with i, I work with tj dillashaw, some, uh, dillashaw sometimes that's
0: right yeah
1: dillashaw he's fighting for the title against aljamin sterling then i work with a guy named uro shmedic he just came off a good knockout win. we were the B side and he knocked cause he actually broke the guy's face. It was bad. Ooh,
0: yeah. what, what, or, orbital or something like in
1: four places. I, that, that's what was said. Yeah. But so the, guy,
0: uh, the guy's got some punch.
1: Yeah. He can crack for sure. Wow. Um, And then I, I, I help sometimes with a guy named uh, Giga Chikazek. Yeah. Giga
0: so, for sure.
1: Yeah. Um. So those are kind of the guys I work with in, uh in the UFC. I also, out of my boxers, I also have uh, Azat Hovhannisian. He's ranked number one in a couple of the sanctioning bodies at 122. I, uh, I'm helping now with uh, Stephen Fulton Jr., cool boy Steph. He's mm-hmm. unified 122 champion. Um, I, have, uh, uh, I work with Jose Cepeda uh, at 140, and I also work with Beaches Progray at 140. And sure enough, those two are fighting each other.
0: Amazing. So how does that impact your role in both of their, their
1: oh, camps? I'm out. I'm out of it.
0: Yeah. You got to be Switzerland, right? Like how could you?
1: Yeah, no. And it's yeah. not even like, it's not even like, it's not on any kind of business decision or anything like mm-hmm. that. It's, it's actually stupid business for me to not take, you know, get, make a, make a, uh, you know, whatever I would make off a of title fight, you know? And, mm-hmm. and it's these guys are like, they're my friends. You know mm. also my friends um and my pride is i my, my work is my pride you know and mm. like i love my job i love doing a good job and how what am i gonna look like like telling like regis or Zapata, like hey he doesn't like this he struggles with this. You just got like such a rap to your friends like no yeah
0: cool. yeah of course yeah. now you like you have such a a fresh new school sort of vibe that you bring through a really old school coaching world like what kind of a what kind of a statement like do you kind of want to make with that because i mean you're already making one but do you ever think about that like man like i'm different like i'm changing things
1: uh i don't really i don't really think about that at, at like too much like i because i i still love like old school stuff mm. i love a lot of the old school stuff but I don't like a lot of the old school stuff in the way where like some people are so stuck in the past, like boxing evolves constantly, you know, like just like anything, like, mm-hmm. like basketball. every, every sport evolves, you know, like, and, and like, when, when did you ever see anyone move like Lomachenko? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, when totally. did you, and anybody like, Masters rolling their shoulder like Floyd. I mean, there's there was been like James Tonys and even Georgie Benton in the past and stuff. But like as masterful as as Floyd, Mm -hmm. you know, like like basically like people that you know they're people that change the game and Mm -hmm. and um and it's important that as a trainer you remember you like you you remember the lessons from the past and the old school, but you also keep moving with the times. Mm -hmm. so so i i just like to try to like you know move at the times and Mm -hmm. and i try to go above and beyond in my job like past boxing so almost everything i do in my life is like part of my job so like for instance i like i love to play chess like i love to play chess because it works my brain still in that like, you know, player versus player step ahead of you kind of.
0: Strategic, strategic maneuvering. yeah, yeah like,
1: If it's not like part of my career, I'm like not into it, like barely. Like even like, well, I have a drive to work like 30 minutes every day, like 20 minutes with no traffic, 30 minutes with traffic. My audio books, I listened to, I've listened to like peak performance, like how champions think. <laughs> uh obviously uh my one of my favorites is called the book of the five rings it's by Miyamoto Musashi it's all about mm, like I've heard one, of this one, one-on-one combat you know obviously art of war. like you know I winning like both the relentless and winning by Tim Grover so I'm just like we're, we're the where like the psychological part and like the war part of it rather than just like punches and stuff like position like economics like all these things mm. like, like I try to understand them from these books and and like apply see how they and they not see how they, they apply in boxing for sure you know did so. you
0: did you see any of that sort of in the way freddy Freddie coached or anything like was he doing things like this back in the day or is this again like kind of think more of a new school approach to coaching i
1: i think it's a it's a new school approach to coaching and you know what i actually love about freddy roach and one, one of the things that I, I i learned from him is that like a lot of extra stuff too like of course you want to like you know evolve with you know with boxing but there's a lot like he used to say like stairs don't matter like like a lot of the fighters love to go to the santa monica santa monica stairs and like yeah and he used to tell me you know how many stairs are in a boxing ring he's like two he's like the ones (laughs) three you know like like, you'll see these guys doing all these drills and stuff and yeah like you would be like you know doesn't do any of that like yeah at the same time that's also a bit like you know they're like i yeah. love new school stuff where where you know you for me it's all about trying to i i, I love watching not only fights but i love watching high level fighters train because mm-hmm. like i i love like why they do it and not only that like even mid work like people people hate on floyd's mid work because they don't understand it floyd's mitt work it's about rhythm changing rhythm always having an answer when you count when you slip or roll or block or catch you're always answering ever all the turns all the movements like a lot of people you'll see when they pivot or turn they're not in great position to fire back because they don't drill it like this Mm -hmm. guy every time he, he shifts and changes in in position like he's ready to fire off or defend or whatever roger would call out he's in the position so like Obviously, if you're like a boxer-sized person, there's no technique, and you're just like, whatever, you don't understand what you're doing with it, then Mm -hmm. it would make no sense. But say if if I have a fighter, for instance, that constantly Mm -hmm. falls off balance when he makes a pivot or something, or he has problems where he shuts off mentally in rounds, like where he's just like, he'll be doing great, and then he'll just have a lapse where he's just like, uh, you know what I mean? that Mayweather mitt work is very good for like keeping them sharp constantly. Like they have to be attentive constantly. So that works on the focus. Like, and then for instance, like I love like Lomachenko's training in a way where like, even as simple as like, they'll do a very strenuous thing, like whether it's like sparring or whatever. And then after they're done, they'll juggle for 15 minutes because Yeah the hardest thing to do when you're exhausted is like stay focused and concentrated and like turned on Mm -hmm. and like this, like this, like just juggling, like Mm -hmm. requires you to like stay focused, you know? And I just understand. I just like understand why they're doing it. even Like Derek James mid work. I love studying all these mid styles trying to understand what the, what the benefits are of them, where there could be holes because of the mid style. Yeah. And then like, depending on what my fighters deficits are, or like deficiencies, I'll apply that mid style to. Opinion. I think,
0: I think what you said is so important. It's not what it's why, and it's a technical application of these things. And I think that I'm, I think when the fitness world weaves its way in, that's where people have all these opinions and judgments and complexities of, of like, Oh, okay. Like, it, the fitness world scrambles it right because people are using flow if you want to call it that but you and I both know that it's just the the pad holders doing more of the work um, Oh, exactly exactly just, I mean it's sort of a backflip sometimes I'm just like what, is, yeah. what am I looking at but there, there's because there is a technical application to all of this everything and I was talking to Taylor Ramstel last week and you know we were talking about the idea that a champion isn't built by accident of a yeah. random like a random mishmash of like technical things or, tr- or training techniques or whatever that someone saw on Instagram there is a a purpose and a why behind everything and and I think I fucking love what that's what, like that's so much of what you are as a coach like you eat breathe sleep it like you're looking for everything in the in the library and you're pulling in books based on <laughs> what the yeah. right like what the person in front of you needs that's coaching to me that's real coaching you know i mean
1: everything you can watch on the internet of like even emmanuel stewart teddy atlas like these eddie Futch, like custom model like i've, I've watched it for sure mm. I've watched it I've, like all these high level coaches and like how they think and like even i even watch how they corner you mm. know i watch like 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 when when to sprinkle in motivation when to sprinkle in tactics when to like just like yeah. how they're so good like I learned a lot from Freddie too. Like his control of a corner is awesome. Right.
0: You know what
1: I'm saying? Like, like, yeah, it's, it's I am I'm, I'm I, I even wrapping hands, like I've mastered, I feel like, I mean, like a rap a professional hand very, very well. Like mm-hmm. I wanted I wanted like to be well rounded at literally every single angle of this job.
0: Just a student of the game, like completely.
1: Completely.
0: It's really interesting what you say about cornering, too, because, um, you know, and you you see this at the amateur level a little bit as well, where, you know, coaches are just kind of growing with their athletes and, you know, and and the cornerings, you know, it's, it's, I mean, it's not a, you know, 12 round championship fight or anything, right? So the cornerings is like cheerleading. Yeah and, yeah, and it's just like how how valuable is harder 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 well yeah, why yeah. harder or get them or yeah, like yeah, 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 you yeah. know and it's like there are things that I think you could probably say that you know like I'm sure every fighter could you know jab maybe like that's a useful piece of oh,
1: information if you if you list if you ask if you ever sat into what I'm saying in a corner like it's 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 really what's going on in there like it's like not like and like what tactical decision do they have to make to change it if they're mm-hmm. losing tide to their favor what mistakes it's it's like i i can't stand when like a corner would just be like say some oof, jab more like kind of yeah. like you yeah. know like when when like he's getting countered every time he jabs. what do you mean jab more yeah. you know what i mean he's trying he's getting the shit kicked out of him because he's Faint, like, like you know, if if, if if I need my guy to jab one and I see his jab is getting countered, I'm going to tell him a tactic that will help offset whatever. Like, I'll say change your lead. So lead mm-hmm. with a right hand or lead with a left hook. And that a lot of times will now get your jab back in because now he's expecting a different start. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you can't yeah. just be like, you have to be so in that corner. Like, uh, it's so, like, it's you have to be so present you, you have lie.
0: one, you have one minute, the guy's heart rate, hopefully isn't like blowing through the roof, but like ultimately the heart rate's probably over one seventy. Mm-hmm. and, and these guys are fit. So it's coming down really fast. Yes. But you have like 30 seconds for that athlete to maybe breathe and get some sense of consciousness to even understand what the fuck they're going to say to them. All and right. it has to be so condensed and so like specific and that they can run with it. Right. Like it's, it's not like a time for cheerleading and giving a bunch of complex information and Correct. you're rattling off sentences. Like you probably have to fine tune. Are you watching around going, okay, this is exactly what I need to say. And not only what I need to say, how I need to say it.
1: Exactly. And it's like, it's like, I know, I know. Cause I was, I fought myself. Like, even like when you're sitting there and like, you're breathing. Yeah. you're like chaos.
0: I don't know yeah. what you're saying. your are exactly. moving, but exactly. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. But like, I, I always started with, like, like if there's chaos at the corner, like, for instance, Zerto's last fight, like, mm-hmm. he got, or no, not last fight, the fight before that, he got cut, and my assistant coach at the time, um, he started freaking out, he's like, he's cut, he's cut, and then I remember, like, I had to get like, calm down, you know, and, like, we went up to the, to the corner, Chris got in, started working on the cut, and... Like, my assistant coach was, like, panicking. I was, I like, he was, like, I was, like, like pretty much, like, shut up. Like, mm-hmm. everybody calm. You know, everybody calm. Now, Zerto, I'm like, breathe. You know, so it's, like, he's here. I need him here to be able to listen. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, they're here. Then the coach comes in. They're telling a 1,000 things in a panicked state. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, if the fighter is not listening and he if he's trying to listen, it's just stressing out more. It's just, mm-hmm. like... And like, I, I'm not gonna lie, it's not easy. Like, yeah. like you, you, you see, when you care a lot, like you see a thousand things that need that, and you see not even a thousand, maybe three things that need to change. You gotta pick one, yeah. you know, like which one is the most important thing to give, because that's all he's gonna take. So it's yeah. like, like, calm down, give him one thing, and yeah. it's it's it's. it's I, I I found myself especially early in, in my, my career, when I was coaching, like, like what I would almost overcomplicate, like what, what was, and I was
0: overcoached. Yeah.
1: It it just, and they wouldn't go out and do it, you know, and then like, Mm -hmm. like, okay, well, and then when I started like simplifying things and they were able to do it, it was like, oh, easy.
0: That's fascinating. That's, that's so cool to me. Like just this controlling the situation, bringing down the anxiety and, and delivering simple coaching. That is so important and specific that the athlete can take and then make a real time change in the face of war. Like they're they're going back out into war. You know the stakes are high, mm-hmm. but you ha- you have to do your job and you have one minute to do it. And that's I'm like I'm sure that took took a lot of time for you to find like sort of your your coach your corner prowess where you know you could orchestrate all those moments. And yeah. and I think that's really really cool about what you said about just bringing it down and and being calm. So of um, of your athletes you're working with right now. Um, you know, well, I guess here's a, here's a better question. One, how different is it working with UFC fighters for striking than it is working with boxers, like as a coach? What changes have you had to make?
1: Um, not, not, not too many. Cause it's about, for me, it's more about principles. Like hmm. position is position. Control of range is control of range. Even though the kick range is that's so that's an adjustment. The kick range. That, is that was different.
0: sort of my my here. I was curious. It's like I'm wondering, you know, how do you adapt like the boxing to the other <laughs> dangers of elbows and knees and kicks and 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 shot, like shooting, taking takedowns, things like that.
1: Right. So I don't really teach. Um, I I teach like more. I don't really teach MMA fighters like my MMA fighters too much inside boxing because the elbows and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I, it's it's mainly about like when you get in like strictly punching distance like what your punching distance is and if you and like that you can't like you can't be shut off while you're at like kicking distance still like Mm -hmm. in boxing you can be at kicking range and be like kind of lax you know yeah whereas in mma and obviously distances are different based off of like the size of the person you're fighting you know Mm -hmm. like i had marvin fight kevin holland adesanya these guys are super tall, so mm-hmm. like we have to like figure out which distance would be best for us to get closer. Like you know what I'm saying? It was, mm-hmm. it was that that those are the things. But like like I said, like principles are principles. Faints are faints. Decoys are decoys. Like like setting punches up off of priming a shot previously mm-hmm. is the same. It's the same principle, even though you can do it with your feet in MMA. But the principle of like hitting a guy low to faint and then go up or it's the same thing. You just have right. different limbs limbs to do it with. You know what right. I'm saying?
0: Right. Interesting. I noticed um now less more than before about watching UFC. There was always a really big disparity between the guys that could strike really well mm-hmm. and the kind of like the, the MMA striking, which was just you know like swinging punches. And I'm finding like as do you think like as more coaches or you know a coach like yourself enters into that world, and these guys are coming to a striking specific specialist. Do you mm-hmm. think we're gonna start seeing better strikers? Like I would, I would consider like Sean O'Malley and like Adesanya. Oh, they're like, all, yeah. You they're, like, sh- it's already you on strikers, right? It's and, already and, on, yeah. Because I used to watch them, like at, you know, see you know, as like a boxing fan, and be like, yeah, the fucking yeah. striking, yeah. like oh. it, like it, like hurts, right? I mean, it yeah. hurts to watch. And yeah. now yeah. you're seeing these guys who are like incredible it's distance it. management incredible a little bit more like boxing style defense footwork head movement right. you know and they can and then they can kick off you know different um different positions like you see guys pivoting different like it's just i'm watching the boxing sort of weave its way in and and i i think you're a really big part of that
1: it's it's two things it's 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 that they're the the coaching obviously that like people are are but it, it's really what it is, is the fighters because mm performance bonuses like Mm -hmm. and and like fight of the night bonuses like that's 50k that's 100k if you get both so they fighters are guys are wanting to learn how to strike you know because like that's also how you like there's only one khabib you know Mm -hmm. like like, if you're a wrestler in the game and like people aren't gonna love you unless you're khabib like Mm -hmm. people love watching striking like yeah you know what i'm saying like so like you're not gonna get like the fame, the notoriety, the 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 um the performance bonuses, fight of the yeah. night bonuses. Unless you get this down, and these guys, like you said, these guys, like, and if that's not what you're motivated by, you should be motivated by that. There are guys like Sean O'Malley out there now, and like this mm-hmm. guy will hope your ass, like for real, for real. You know, mm-hmm. like and and he's gonna stay at a range where it's gonna be hard to take him down, and he's gonna pick you off. So. If you're not doing it for the performance bonuses, you should be doing it to save your ass. You know, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. These guys, for real.
1: these guys are popping up in the in the in MMA. You know, yeah,
0: yeah. And the the movement too is really interesting. Like I find, um, you know the 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 change in the setting, like the you know the cage being octagonal, you can't really move laterally. If someone's yeah. in front of you, like that's where bad things happen. Guys get knocked out. They're moving over, laterally across the cage, mm-hmm. and so you see more boxing style footwork coming in, where mm-hmm. people are cutting tighter angles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think it's, I just think it's really cool. And I, I remember when I saw, you know, I, I didn't really know you had kind of been working with the UFC fighter, and then I saw Vittori and I was like, holy shit, that's Julian in the corner! Like I'm yeah. like, let's yeah. go. Was yeah. that your, was that your first UFC fighter?
1: Which, yeah, he was my first it's UFC. fighter. And, oh, it started- and uh, We got together because it started with he sparred one of my other boxers who's super, super talented, like one of the most talented people I've ever one of the most talented boxers I've ever seen like lace gloves up and he just hasn't got a shot. He's actually from Toronto. His name is Kareem Hackett, Kareem Hackett right it's yeah nasty this kid's nasty I've seen him with he's been my main one of my main sparring partners for Gilberto Ramirez he sparred Bivol he sparred all these guys and, and David Benavides, and he's he's up there with all of them but he's he's 10 and 0 now but um but anyway the, the point is that um him and Marvin sparred and after that Marvin was like what happened kind of deal you
0: know? yeah
1: <laughs> what happened so yeah I was like and then like his his striking coach at the time was like uh, uh like a a fan slash like friend of mine, and it was you need to see this guy and he'll help you, da, 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 he'll take you to where I can't, kind of type of thing. So, so then we started our sessions and stuff like that, and then now like he's one of my best friends on top of like one of my fighters, you
0: know. That's so wicked. So Julian, how do you do it? How do you balance like life? study fighters camps like how do you do it? What keeps you like how do you find that balance? Love. <laughs> it's all love, baby. It's
1: all love. It's like it's passion and love. Like it, I I I literally I got I got to work at seven in the morning days so I was up at six and I, I I didn't I worked straight today till eight till seven thirty. Like I had every hour on the hour I ate while well, when Zerto was finishing and Scrappy was warming up. I ate a Chipotle burrito. Like, and then if I wasn't on the Zoom call with you, I would either be studying or playing chess or something like that. You know, like, like it's literally like just it, that's it. And then on top of that, I have a wonderful partner um, that helps me like take care of everything else that needs to be taken care of, you know? So she, she, she makes sure that the, the, the boat runs, you know what I mean? And it's just like, but other than that, like the whole, like staying late and working late and and, and, and all that study, like all the time, all the work spent, it's just love because it's not really work. I don't know.
0: It's a, I think to be truly great in something. And I, 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 you know, I think you're truly great. I'm not the only one who thinks so, obviously, but you have to be obsessed. Yeah. You know, you have to be as obsessed as your fighters, you know, you. You you're you're the you're going through the championship run like right I'm more trust
1: like, in some of them.
0: And you almost have to be right because yeah. there's gonna be times where you probably have to keep those guys like in line, be it like from a psychological and you know mental perspective, if there's doubts, mm-hmm. you know, and you have to be constantly evolving and elevating their game. So that means extra time spent that you're not with them working on them. Yeah, you and know, that's
1: also why I read a lot of books on the mental side of performance. So yeah. I know when these things are like I need to like butt in their like personal life you know in a, in a way i try not to you know it's not yeah. my, necessarily my business but i know when it's the best thing for them you know and like they always say like don't don't fall in love with your fighters and stuff like that i, I don't believe that man i love all of them They're, yeah. they're like, like you know what i mean like yeah i wouldn't stay up and study their opponents, like, it, I also didn't care about them, and you meet their families, their kids, you like mm-hmm. their kids, their families, you don't want to let anybody, you don't want to be the weak link and let them down either, you know, like, yeah. I take that seriously, I take that to heart, so I'm not about to, I'm not about to, to be the, fuck that up, you know what I mean? Yeah, but, yeah,
0: yeah. You know. So right now you're at Brickhouse? Yeah. So that's mostly More where you spend time. Now, how's the, Brickhouse, how old is that space? Because I don't remember Brickhouse being around when I was there, maybe it was
1: it was last year last year okay
0: uh,
1: april about april last year
0: okay yeah. and it that space is looking pretty slick so i'm coming in september come so on, i'm gonna come, come to, on, i'm man. gonna come check it out for sure
1: yeah you're welcome for sure yeah
0: and and i think correct me if i'm wrong he knows over there as well
1: i see him sometimes he comes with arnold at times you know right. like uh um he's not he's just he's not there all the time but yeah i see him there sometimes
0: he knows he know he's just in and out all over the place right
1: yeah
0: yeah, yeah. Wicked. now so we've got we've got zerto and Bival yeah coming up. uh yeah. talk to us about that a little bit what's uh because i mean i'm i'm like i'm such a fan of of both of them and i'm such a fan of like you know you and taylor and i'm like i gotta be totally neutral but how, how, how's the camp feeling about that like talk to us a bit about it
1: I'm a you know what's funny? They're my buddies. Like I, <laughs> yeah, right? Taylor is my guy. Like we've yeah. worked with Madi or Ashkiev together. We've we've had a couple guys together and like and like I have nothing but the most respect for him. I got the most respect for Bivol. Like I, I used to actually wrap Bivol's hands. Like uh I used to be around them all the time. His trainer, actually, um uh, the old the older gentleman, mm-hmm. uh, Bivol's trainer he loves my dog like <laughs> I, I like he would bring dempsey an egg like every because my dog comes to me the gym every day and yeah he, he was like so happy to come and see my dog but, Like, like <laughs> i know that i could use that as a tactic just bring <laughs> dempsey, <laughs> dempsey in the <laughs> corner <laughs> but Dempsey the coach would be totally distracted <laughs> but yeah. no they're they're my pe- they're they're cool people you know and then mm. and we actually follow each other on instagram it's it's like not like that yeah. but he has the title it's, a, it's the goal you know what i mean like like if you ask me not because of skill or anything i'd rather not i'd rather fight better be it because i don't know him mm. you know? Like, in that way like i'd rather it's fight andello but at the end of the day, it's business. It's our. It's you know. It, they have they have what we're chasing, mm-hmm. you know, which is a world title, and so it is what it is, you know. But um, I know how serious this fight is. Yeah. I study him very very much, you know, and he's a very good fighter. You know, he's a very mm-hmm. good fighter. Um, but Zerto is different. Like Zerto is very like. It's funny because the fights that people have seen of his as of late Mm
0: -hmm. don't
1: justify how good he is because he didn't get up for them. Like, when I say he didn't get up for them, like he didn't get up for them. Mm -hmm. He's in camp early now, watching, training, studying. Like, he's in it for this camp. Mm -hmm. And I just can't wait. Like I have what I believe will work against him that um, you know and I've, I've gathered all my resources in the way where like I train like I also train a guy named Taras Chalestuk who is uh, with Olympic bronze medalist he's 19 and 0 now mm-hmm. as a pro um, and like like he's given me like he's fought that style he fought that style so many times as Ukrainian mm. in in the yeah. system he knows how to deal with them and like we, yeah like, i've literally pulled from everywhere like obviously i have my my brain but i'm i'm humble enough to to to, to ask and because yeah. i can i care mostly about zerto you yeah. know so so we have what we're going to do down and and i mean it's not down packed to execution yet we're still obviously mm. early but yeah i feel like if he can execute things i need him to execute We'll pull this off.
0: Well, and they're, you know, they're both dangerous guys. Like, you know, Bival, he, at that, in that weight class, he's a volume puncher. Like he'll string like four or five punches together whilst moving to it, whilst, whilst changing angles, while yeah. circling, like, you know, I, it kind of reminds me of like, Usak has a, a similar style as well. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Zerto who I've seen like the power.
1: Yeah. Like, and actually, you know, what's funny. He's like, I only come into that lately and, he's actually a volume combination puncher as well do do me like do me a favor we we are we had a fight okay uh when you get a chance to watch this mm. when, zerto, when zerto broke off from top rank okay we had a fight against a guy named alfonso lopez okay, okay. so watch gilberto ramirez versus alfonso lopez okay and zerto, like that that fight doesn't do him justice either because Two weeks before, he pulled his—he almost tore his hamstring. So, Mm. so we almost—we almost pulled out of the fight. Actually, we were this close to playing it out, and he was like, "No, I'm I'm fighting this guy." So, he fought this guy named Alfonso Lopez, and that was after a two-year layoff or a two-year layoff. So, like, let go past the first like two rounds, Mm. and from round three on. Watch him then because that's the Zerto that's coming, mm. like without the ring rust, because he's been active. Mm. You know saying? like, yeah. You'll see like, so this is like, this is what I like to say, right? Zerdo or Bivol is, okay, to make beautiful, beautiful boxing, real mm. beautiful boxing, at least to my eyes, it's the mix of science and art, okay? Like the technical beauty, And then like the art form, okay? Mm. It's like the creativity side of it. You know what Mm. I'm saying? To me, Bivol is all science in a way where he is very good with his one, two, threes, three, two, one, 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 two. He's very good at the basics. He's so fundamentally sound. His distance is great. He knows how to get out of sticky situations, Mm. like stuff like that zerto is more of an artist like when when i when when i say that he like knows how to decoy like like Mm -hmm. he knows how to not waste a shot like 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 i see people like he doesn't care if you got your gloves are real tight he'll like he'll he'll he doesn't mind like yes yeah through you you know with his combinations or whatever like like whereas gilberto is like a master of like being selective you know what i'm saying like like for me that's that's kind of like if our art can like override the science like it's it's gonna be wow. an interesting, interesting it's
0: gonna fight. be it's gonna be a crazy fight like I mean just for this for your sake of boxing alone like I can't I can't wait like it's gonna be it's gonna be an amazing fight it's not, and uh, it's not
1: totally confirmed yet it's okay made- mandated but there right.
0: I'll, st- I'll just give him a call and firm it up for you yeah
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I was like listen let's just do this yeah <laughs> for,
1: real, for real I'd be kidding
0: oh man okay cool so uh more about you like yeah I noticed like you're doing some power lifting some Olympic lifting stuff yeah. like that now are you moving into like a little bit of an SSC space trying to bring that into your coaching or is that just for you that's for no, your that, your, that, your that, own that's, person that's
1: me that's just for me like nice. you know well, my strength coach for Zerto is a guy named Chris Wong. He's amazing. Like, when I say, like, this guy is, this guy is, like, he does it himself. This guy, like, he's like David Doggins, Asian David Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying, like, this guy, this guy is a beast. But anyway, he's the one who, who got me into it because my posture was shit, like, like mm-hmm. my all this stuff, and he's like, "This stuff will help you," you know. And I had so many injuries, and
0: oh.
1: and like I was lifting. Like after I got unboxing, boxing, I was just like to stay in, like in like at least like looking good. At least was like yeah. was like I would lift, and it was I was getting hurt more. I think because I was like just tightening stuff that was already tight and like stuff like that. And like he's like,
0: and just- hold, holding pads is no joke. Like even at a fitness level, yes. you know, like you're just getting actually probably almost worse getting yeah. wailed on by people that are just like like there's no accuracy they're not threading their punches there's right. you know like it, right. it or you got some big guy you throw on the body shield and they're like all right let's go and like yeah, you know yeah. i'm still i'm still over here like 135 pounds like chill bro <laughs> yeah like, yeah exactly doing that is hard enough never mind at a high level with some of these guys like i i watch like videos of like andy ruiz's coach like with a body shield. i'm like i, I don't want to be that guy. never mind that. with like a chipotle burrito in me like no yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. no so yeah you you probably got a lot of wear and tear on your body and and imbalances and things you got to correct right
1: and i would yes and i would like to say if any coach is having these problems start olympic lifting because i don't have any problems anymore
0: amazing like
1: my system i feel like my my system is like i have like I don't curl anymore i don't bench I don't do any of those things but like my body feels so like my shoulders feel like they're where they're supposed to be instead of mm-hmm. like here yes like, and it helps my body, like, catch stuff, like, and feel, like, okay. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like
0: Everything called, around like, the joint is, like, structurally sound and supportive of that impact. Well, it's, it's interesting because traditionally, boxing coaches weren't, like, in great shape. You know, man. like, there's, like, you yeah. got these guys, they've got guts and, like, oh, like, you know a whole lot of wearing chair and they look like these weathered sailors or whatever right? and then then you've got the like the flip side like in the UFC it's like everyone in the corner has like a six six (laughs) pack or something their shirts are so tight it's like you know and then and then again like you kind of changing making waves and and being a new fresh face and and a guy who like takes his his you know physical health like seriously like that is is really cool to see in the sport and you know more, um, more good-looking guys in the corners and boxing is like you know we're we're good with that, right? <laughs> <way. laughs> yeah, for uh, sure. That. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now we've got a we've got a couple guys out here. Uh, both of them fought on our last event. Uh, the Valoria brothers, Terrence and Michael. And rumor has it that you've worked with Brian Valoria.
1: Oh, Brian Valoria and I we, we coach a lot of people together. Hey, he- okay. Yeah, that's my, like, oh, man, that's, like, my, my brother, like, Brian's my guy, so, Very good. and, and, you know, who's actually extremely talented, and I think he's going to be a massive wrecking force when he turns professional, his nephew, Justin Deloria. Mm. Justin Deloria.
0: What, what is that family, like, what are they eating, like, what, what's,
1: <laughs> what's
0: happening there?
1: This kid is, this kid's going to be a problem, he's, uh. he's, He's um, ranked number one in the nation right now, and he, he wins all his fights at the national level by stoppage. He's stopping all of them. Like, literally, like, in the USA, I think, his last year, he, he stopped everyone.
0: Wow. Like, Just he, mowing he, through people.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a nice kid, smart kid, humble kid, willing to le- learn wow so like,
0: like he's gonna coachable well. coachable That's what <laughs> we like well so i've got i so I, I reached out to michael i was like listen we want to get brian on the podcast as well too but i, had oh, to, I, am, I yeah. yeah so put in put in a good word for me yeah Oh, he, I'll, I'll,
1: he'll, he'll do it no problem
0: all right wicked wicked um yeah because I, I think that's a really cool kind of like three degree separation connection between uh, these guys well one day Uh, We'll have to have you out and get you VIP, like some ringside seats. Like you can just take the night off, come to an empire boxing show and just kick back and and watch some Canadian boxing. I mean, we're trying to, we're trying to bring Canadian boxing to the level that it is, you know, in the States, which is obviously like a, a long, hard road. But I think the future of that is us connecting and, and, and helping bring up like the next gen with our like our friends in the states that are doing the same so that's that's what's next for us but what's next for you like what where does julian shua go from here i mean like it's hard to go to the top of the top but what do you what do you have
1: i um for me i i never even like see i don't even see myself anywhere yet Or, or i don't i don't know i just i just love what I do, I guess I'm just like, take fight by fight. And like, I just want to win. Like every fight's as important as anyone else's, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, world title fights are crazy too, but like, I care about the, the Avalon banquet fight as much Tijuana fight as much, you know, I just, I just like going fight by fight, you know? And, um, but uh, next on the schedule, I'm heading to, um, Texas. Uh this weekend I have uh I'm helping out in the corner with Carlos Nava. He's in on the virgil Ortiz card. Mm. Uh, I don't know if he's on the, the, the zone part or the Facebook live part, but he's a undefeated kid. He's eight-no, eight-no with five knockouts. Um oh. he's a pretty good fighter. But and then after that, uh I head to Paris for Vittorio versus Whitaker.
0: Oh cool. Wow.
1: Yeah, and then I should be back. i I'll, I'll be I mean. I'll be back quickly. I, I won't be going to Abu Dhabi for TJ De La fight, but because um, Zerto Bivol should be right. have, should have a date, and we should be like in like
0: go time. time. Yeah. yeah. Now, are you gonna are you gonna get a chance to uh, take a recce to Vegas and go see Triple G and Canelo, the third installment?
1: Mm, I haven't decided if I'm gonna go do that yet. Fair. Yeah, but is
0: that do you go spectate? Do you even have time for that shit?
1: I mean, yeah, I I I do, but at the same time, like that, they, neither of them cons- are concerning concern to concern
0: you. Me. Yeah, right that's there, fair. about you
1: know? like, the
0: best. Yeah. Yes,
1: exactly. it was like Bivol fighting, like, and I knew Zerdo's next, I'm definitely there. You is there?
0: I mean? Yeah. Is there? A, is there a world in the next like half? Let's say I don't know six months or something. We could see Bivol Canelo, or sorry, uh, Ramirez Canelo?
1: Of course, if we if we get past. Dimitri Bivol, then it will most likely be Canelo.
0: Yeah, if so not- that I mean, there would be some mariachi bands like paying rent that month.
1: Oh yeah, oh that would be- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There would be, yeah, there'd be
0: some sure. some some wild stetsons on. I mean, I, honestly, I love I love uh, I love Zerdo's walkouts like always. I'm like, oh, I mean, yeah, I they- don't tell me one other person that looks that good yeah that's something like that i i can't think of one so
1: he's he's and like this guy this guy has something in him when it's time to fight like i like there's there's a demon in there like there's a A, demon in
0: there he's got a bit of dog like i've seen it i've seen uh, you know fights where he's had to really dig deep and all of a sudden he comes out and it's it's like yeah. Something like a, a flip with switch, you know. Yeah. yeah. And that's a, that's a kind of an aggression I, that I think he has. That I don't, I haven't seen from buval I've never seen buval yeah. like flip that switch. Where I'm like, yeah. oh, he, that's a bad man. Like, yeah. Oh, he's safety. He,
1: he, he, he safety first a lot, which is very smart. Which is very smart, but
0: which is kind of what you're saying, maybe a little bit about like more like more of the science and and some of that artistry. Like the creative allows you to tap into something else. Maybe. That's right.
1: You are wow. Yep. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Well, if I can impress you on a podcast with any words that come out of my mouth, that then I'm very, I'm doing all right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was very impressive.
0: Wicked. Um, yo, Julian, like it it has been such a pleasure to talk with you. Um, you know, we we love like I, I mean those those years in LA were some of the best years of my life in terms of meeting people that absolutely inspire the hell of me to do what I do and to be excited about boxing and, you know, inspired us to create a promotion and, and help athletes have a future. And then I see, you know, guys like you out there literally building those futures brick by brick. And, and I just think it's so fucking cool. So no, uh, know, know the empire boxing are big fans of yours and everything you do. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're watching, right. We're, we're always watching I you don't and watching let
1: you guys down. I, I, Watch- I- you gave me very good, very good vibes right right off the gate. And 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 I I don't know. Like I, I feel like I could get along with you no problem. Like, like Yeah,
0: same. Shout so. out Alex Robinson yeah, for yeah, yeah. In, introducing us. Uh and and that I mean right. that guy's still what a what a gent. Like he's still such a good friend of mine. We talked so about yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. right. I'm a, yeah, yeah. We're going to, I'm going to try and catch his soul damn Sunday to uh, yeah. go out when I'm out there. But, um, and I, I have a funny, I have a funny memory. I think all of us, we were, the three of us we were out wild card. Alex was like, yo, let's go. We're going to train with Julian. I don't remember what we did with some backgrounds or something. And then you guys were like, let's do 300 sit-ups. And I was like, let's not. That sounds oh, fucking terrible. And I think I made, I think I made a hundred and like 20, 50 in or something. <laughs> and I was like,
1: I it was a thousand. Oh
0: yeah, it yeah. was like, ridiculous. A I didn't. I checked out. I was like, bye. I remember
1: that. I remember yeah. that yeah, we, we finished it. He finished it too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And i was like training with all that ass yes, equipment. I was in my. I was in my fucking heaven. I'm like, this shit is amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was vibing so hard. So. Yeah. Oh, it's such a good memory. I'll uh, I'll definitely have to connect with you uh, if you're if you're even around. You know, if you're busy in September or whatever, even if it's for a high five and a hug or whatever, I'll bring you a Chipotle burrito over to bring right. summer. Yeah. Right? yeah, I'll never
1: say no to that.
0: <laughs> All right, cool. Um, yeah, again, thank you so much for taking the time out of your as your super busy life, and I hopefully you can get a little bit of chess in tonight before you call it.
1: And, uh, I'll, I'll probably eat and, and I'll probably like hang out with hang out with Jessica and 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 like just call it because. Uh, I'm pretty tired right now, but I'll, I'll probably watch a, watch boxing. but when she passes out, I'll probably just turn a fight on and watch.
0: Wicked, wicked, and then early start beat tomorrow. Six. Yeah, that's the grind. That's the fucking mm-hmm. grind. And we love to we love to see it. Uh, on behalf of all of us at Empire Boxing Promotions, thank you so much to Julian Chua. If you don't follow him and you have waited till now to go onto your Instagram, please go follow the man, uh, support his journey and all the athletes that he coaches. Uh, tune into the fights that he's involved in. You're not going to see another guy like this in the corner. He's making waves, and we're so stoked to be fans and supportive of you in your journey.
1: Thank you, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I. I- had a great time talking to you, it's, it's, the questions were great. Everything about it was great, you know? Um, so if you ever need help with anything like with Canadian boxing, if I can do anything for, for you guys that way too, I'd be more than happy to. to do whatever you need you
0: yeah know? thanks man it's you know it does take a village and it's not it's not about us right it's about the athletes and their future sure. and the future of boxing and that's that's, right. that's yeah i mean we're, we're so appreciative of that this has been another episode of the empire boxing podcast with julian uh thank you so much for tuning in i'm coach day signing out
1: make sure to listen follow and subscribe
0: to empire boxing on apple spotify and youtube